Welcome to the Singapore Management University podcast series where we feature the latest insights and perspectives from our faculty. Singapore Management University has recently established Southeast Asia's first regional institute to specifically serve the needs of business families in this part of the world. The Business Families Institute at SMU, helmed by its academic director, Associate Professor Annie Koh, focuses on addressing the educational engagement and research needs of Asian business families. It aims to help them deal with business family-specific issues such as family ownership, business succession, business diversification, and governance. Associate Professor Annie Koh, SMU's Vice President for Business Development and External Relations and Associate Professor of Finance at SMU's LKCSB, has been involved in various research projects relating to family businesses. In this podcast, she shares her insights and knowledge about family businesses, the opportunities and challenges facing family businesses in Asia, and the factors that contribute to their continuous success going forward. Professor, we understand that you have been involved in research on family businesses and family offices. Are there any differences in the way they are run in the West as compared to those in Asia? I think when it comes to the East and West comparison, we should remember the life cycle of business families. For Singapore and for the countries around us, Southeast Asia, North Asia, a lot of the business families actually have been in existence only in the last 15 to about 60 years. So if you look at our business families today, we are at our infancy. Most of them, like China, will be in first generation transiting into the second generation. And even the oldest business families in Southeast Asia, they exist largely in countries like the Philippines, Indonesia and Thailand. And they are largely in the fourth to the fifth generations. So 100-year-old family business is already considered very unusual in Asia. If you cast your eyes towards the West, like the European countries or even the American countries, it's not unusual to find business families being around for the last 500 years. And that essentially means they have already met about the 18 to the 20 generations. So in terms of life cycle, they are a lot more mature. They actually have a lot of chance to have more family offices. I'll explain what that is in a while. So for the business families in the West versus Asia, life cycle differences as well as the cultural differences, which therefore warrants a deep study of Asian family businesses. Coming to the family office, many of our traditional business families in Asia are actually going through a change and they need to convert the family business into a new business. So pending the formation of a new business, many of the families have actually decided to form a family office, which is a platform to ensure the sustainability of their family members beyond the business per se. So individual business family members may benefit from the seeding of investments from the family office or from new businesses that will be created by the family offices to help them build new businesses for their current or future generation. Focusing on Asia, which are the sectors in which we can find a lot of family-run businesses? As far as Asia goes, many of the family businesses are actually largely in food and beverage sector. 
in plantations, which deals with food and beverage in a way, in uh, land building, so they are actually in construction and in development. And interestingly, you don't find a lot of them in like the heavy industry, which requires a lot of initial capital. The family conglomerates take a long time to build. So when you eventually see a family business in Asia, in oil and gas or in uh, infrastructure, it's actually businesses that have been built up over multiple years. And those will be businesses where you are going to see the fourth and the fifth generation. So early family businesses will be in areas which are called low barrier to entry areas and definitely in textiles, food and construction. Those will be the core sectors. You mentioned that one area of business family sustainability is investment. Can you share some key findings from your research? I think we need to go back to when the business first started, it would have a original founder and it could be a male or a female founder. Then you actually have the next level of maybe three to five members in the family. And if you to sustain a family of that size, a core traditional business is fine. But once you hit the third generation, you will start to find that the different siblings will have their own family units. And as this multiply, you're looking at feeding about 25 to 30 members in most of the Asian families, because Asian families do know how to multiply. So essentially, you're going to be asking a question of, do you have enough business in your core family business to sustain a family size of 25 to 30 people? And most times you are not going to be able to unless you are in very monopolistic markets where you can earn huge surplus or premiums. So many of the traditional families, by the time they hit the third generation, they will be asking themselves, how are we going to ensure the sustainability of our family? How are we going to feed the multiple mouths that's going to come? And how do we set up the right governance or rules? Should we let in-laws be in the business? Or should we not have the son and the daughters-in-law, but maybe only the sons-in-law? So this requires a setting of governance. It requires the families to set up a family council and have a family board and set down certain rules of who should or should not be in the business itself. Secondly, given the multiple mouths to feed, if you are looking at only the profits and the returns from the business, there's no way that a business in a matured state can continue to yield double-digit profits. So many families have started realizing they need to grow a pool of money and they need to set it up independent of the business. And that's where you get the genesis of the family office. So a family office can come from different scenario. One very common scenario is a family business could monetize their whole business and turn it into an investment platform. So a traditional business may have built it up to a level where they can sell it to a big player for a pool of funds. Then the next generation simply take this pool of funds and start to invest the pool, almost like an investment planning office. So the beautiful term family office is to say that if you do your investments right, you are certaining that the members of the families in the subsequent generation will still be able to afford the kind of lifestyle that their parents or their grandparents managed to have. 
A second dimension in which a family office is set up is to ensure the education of the subsequent members of the family. So if you invest in the pool of funds correctly, then continue to make double-digit returns, that's a possibility, or you could build new businesses. You use the family office like a private equity fund and you seed new businesses. Then you ask the new generation to take over these new businesses. So they continue to be like an entrepreneur. They use the family office platform to be an entrepreneurial device in which they could learn to be as entrepreneurial as their great-grandfather or their grandfathers. To me, a family office is more than just for investments. It is to invest in both the potential returns and to invest in the next generation's learning and to invest in the entrepreneurship of the family as a business. Going forward, in the context of the current VUCA, volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous economic environment, what are the other factors besides investment that would be critical for the continuous success of family businesses in Asia? Actually, this is a question that is meant for all businesses, even if it's not family-owned. But it's even more critical for a family-owned business. Because by the time you hit the third or fourth generations, what guarantee is it that your family member is going to be as smart or as entrepreneurial? as the founder. So no family business can sustain if it only depends on family members to be the ones driving the business. In fact, in today's world, most business families that are very successful have actually the following parameters. They know exactly how to professionalize the business. That is, you do not have all the talent in your business coming from the family members. So you must make the business families so professional that non-family members will also want to join you and participate in building the business even though they are not a family member. So human capital is in fact more essential than financial capital. In addition, I think many family members are also realizing that if they are only building the business for their own families, it's not a sustainable possibility because your stakeholders are not just yourselves, the shareholders. Your stakeholders are your employees, your customers, your suppliers, and even your community. So the second parameter of very sustainable family business that I've seen actually know how to contribute back to their community. So they will build schools, they will build hospitals. They want to make sure that the workers who are at the rural farms that they own have their children attending the schools. So when you employ an employee, it's not just the employee, it is the employee's family. So the sustainability of the family-owned business means looking after your own employees and their families as well. And the third parameter in this very complicated world where there's so much ambiguity, you will never know if the current business you're in is going to be the most successful another two or three generations down the road. So I've always told business family owners, please don't teach your children to be family members working in the business. Teach your children to be responsible business owners. 
So you may not need to work in the family business, but you need to understand what does it mean to be a family owner. And in the same way, you must not lose track of your ability to create new businesses. So a traditional garments business like Wing Thai, when they first started, did very well in textiles. But today's Wing Thai is a property developer. So your business has to transform. And nobody says that your own family members are the only ones capable of transforming your business. So business owners learn how to work with other partners. Learn how to work with universities like SMU and our BFI to ensure that we are looking at all possibilities of sustainability beyond your generation and beyond your children's generation. Thank you, Professor. Your views have been most insightful. You're most welcome. Thank you. 